Hi, so welcome to Razzle Frat. Um, this is a pod conversation between two book besties that got together basically to discuss um, one of our favorite loves, which is books. Mm-hmm. And um, we're both very novice bookstagrammers mm-hmm. who um, just kind of want to share more content. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this is probably a conversation more for us than for anybody else don't even know if anybody's gonna listen to it but no, but that's okay yeah so <laughs> it will help us have better conversations about our books <laughs> yeah so um i'll just start with my my account my account is um there's ink on my hands it's all one word and um it's a very curated feed that has um just more of a darker feel to it uh but that's something that i've been working on and mm-hmm. do you want to and, talk about yours? Yeah, mine is um, grapes underscore of underscore ash, um, because Grapes of Wrath is my favorite novel, and it's way less curated because that requires too much thought for me. <laughs> um, it's just like spontaneous posting of whatever I'm reading, usually with a review, and usually outside um, in Central Park. Um, we're in New York. We live in New York. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about mine. Much more random. Yeah, yeah, and um, so a little bit about us uh, and we'll link the the accounts below to mm-hmm. um whatever we put this up on and <laughs> um, <laughs> and um so we met over i think our, we met at our one of our past jobs and um just kind of became <laughs> friends through that way but we truly bonded over um just tons of stuff. Tons but of firstly stuff. Firstly, books. Firstly, books. And publishing. And publishing yeah. and um, pursuing that kind of route in a career. And um, we've kind of just segued into this crazy, crazy network of friendship that mm-hmm. has unveiled a lot of little obsessions that <laughs> yes. didn't think anybody else would have, mm-hmm. but definitely has gone on between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we haven't kind of revealed our names or anything but we thought we'd be funky and in light of like you know keeping with the content creator vibes of um having your own persona so i will be the eclectic earth witch and mm-hmm. you will find out why later when you get to know me better and or when i decide to explain it i guess <laughs> yeah and i'm contemporary catwoman and same goes for me i won't i won't detail all of that here yeah, yeah, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about books, obviously. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> first, um, one of the things that we kind of wanted to discuss because we haven't seen each other in a bit. It's uh, September here in New York, or in, I guess in my apartment. We're technically in Brooklyn, but um, so <laughs> we watched the Gilmore Girls revival mm-hmm. together. So little background. Um, I grew up watching Gilmore Girls to the point where I, like, wanted to be Lorelai Gilmore. And mm-hmm. if you have not seen that show, um, pause. or have not... Go watch. <laughs> pause, go watch it, come back, you'll thank us later. Um, Unless you're Team Dean. <laughs> do not come back. <laughs> alright, alright. Um, we're not gonna segue into that, but... <laughs> so, long story short, um, if you haven't even heard of it, at least look it up, because yeah. you're living under a rock. Um, but we bonded a lot over this one Mm -hmm. show, and so, um, Contemporary Catwoman went and watched the whole thing for the first time this year, and had been messaging me back and forth about her reactions, and so we got together and finally sat down and watched the, uh, infamous 
revival, which is controversial. <laughs> I don't know how many hours worth of watching, but like we six. yeah we had like pop tarts and pizza, so we were fine. Yeah, we were great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we never actually really fully discussed it. I no, because I, I had to it. take time to like absorb what I had just watched. Right, and I was so shocked. Yeah, and if anybody doesn't know, the revival came out. 10, 10 years almost to the to the day of when the final season had aired. So it came out through Netflix in twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it when it was released. But uh, contemporary Catwoman, she she didn't watch it until um, she was ready to have some decompression from watching the whole series. Yes. So um, <laughs> yeah, because that was a lot. That was the ending was a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, but long story short, so we watched it, and I wanted to know like. I wanted to know your take on it from someone who's watched it directly after seeing the series yeah. because I watched it, I mean, 10 years yeah. after it came out. So I was just, like, happy to have a taste of that world again. Yeah. I don't know. I liked the way that they structured it with each episode being a different season. Um, I really thought that was clever. I don't know. I just... I was not expecting the ending. Um... Like, I know that was always supposed to be the ending, that she, like, Rory is pregnant like Lorelai. Ah, spoilers! Oh, sorry, were we not supposed to say spoilers? I don't know. Well. <laughs> sorry, spoiler. Um, um, sorry to anybody <laughs> that did not know that and wanted to see it. I oh, feel like, though, if you're, just, like, listening and we're talking about the revival, like, you probably know. <laughs> also, I was so late to the party, like, it seems like I was yeah. one of the last people to know about the revival and about Gilmore Girls. But, I mean, I can't talk about my reactions without talking no, okay. about the ending. All right, well, we're just going to have to go on record here. That this is a spoiler-filled spoiler um, yes. conversation. So, uh, yes. yeah, get on board and get out, man. Yeah, yeah, you have to, like, I mean, we told him to pause and go watch and come back. So <laughs> Watch the entire seven-season series and then go watch the, like... The revival. The, you can do I don't it in a span of weeks. I did. I think it's, like, six <laughs> six hours. Just go, like, yes. hold yourself up somewhere. Get some, like, food. Turn off the phone. Yeah. Um, you're gonna need some Pop-Tarts, pizza, coffee. Mm. You'll need a lot of coffee. And if you don't yeah. drink coffee, what's wrong with you? But, um, mm. just kidding. I love people <laughs> that don't drink coffee. I think they're, like, superheroes, to be honest. Because, mm, yeah. like, how do you function in the morning? Because yeah. I do Could not. Be yeah. Um complete obsession but anyway anyway so i don't know i really liked it i'm glad that lorelei and luke another spoiler alert are finally like getting their shit together and like getting married i was surprised that they weren't already but i really liked that scene i thought that it was so fun um i don't know i loved jess coming back i mean i love obviously i love jess um if you can't tell she's a team jess all I, yes. the way she no, fluctuated. Maybe not all the way. Um, I don't know. In the series, I'm Team Logan. In the revival, I'm Team Jess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess ultimately, yeah, I am Team Jess. But yeah. I don't know. I wanted Logan to like man up and kick his fiance or whoever to the curb and just Odette. like Odette and be with Rory, but he didn't. Um, so yeah, I can't fully be Team Logan because he like doesn't stand up to his family and choose Rory over them um and Jess is always there for her but I don't know also I feel like it's been 10 years since she and Logan broke up in this universe and like Jess hasn't done anything about it so I'm like I mean if you want my opinion because clearly you do so first off I'm not team anybody because I think (laughs) 
Rory is a little shithead and um, needs to to grow the fuck up. You know, sorry if anybody hates cursing, but it's going to happen. I just, it's just going to happen. Um, She just can't accept responsibility for anything that she does. Uh, she's a big whiny bitch, yeah. and um, and don't get me wrong. Like I loved high school Rory. Like I was a total I know, nerd. They did her dirty. I was a total nerd and like completely related to her on that bookworm shy level. Um, I did not have a boyfriend that was like six five, so you know, <laughs> slight difference. But um, but now you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's six so. three. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Um, <laughs> One hold off, hold on there, uh, <laughs> ladies and gents. Your six five is coming, coming out, gonna bang his head on the doorway any oh any time now, um, or whatever. And so, basically, I first off, you don't know what happened in those ten years. There could have been many booty calls to Jess. That's there could true. have been, but he only shows up in like two of the revival um, episodes, and I it think... seems like they're kind of estranged. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, you know, his uncle's also marrying her mom, so like that could be like yeah. A that's total, also why I waver because technically and, they're step cousins. Yeah, like, what is it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But like, it could have been like incestual vibes. But all I, all I can tell you is that I think the whole thing with the Lorelai Luke was everybody loves the will they won't they vibe. Yeah. So like in like reality they probably would have been married by now in my opinion that's true i think for the amy sherman, amy sherman paladino world where everybody wears top hats <laughs> um i think that she just did that so that she could play right. out that will they won't they vibe for i hated so that for the record <laughs> i mean <laughs> i fucking hate when shows yeah. do that <laughs> yeah but that's like the biggest seller for any show i mean like I we mean, get like get the other shows that we're gonna talk about later which it, we'll get into it. that <laughs> but um it just it was just a it was a it was a wild ride um a lot of people hated it i've yet to hear anybody has loved the revival Personally, I'm on the fence. I'm quite neutral because, like, I love I, I had 10 years of nothing. Yeah. No Gilmore Girl world, and Sad. it came back into my life with, like, a punch. So uh, yeah. I kind of was, like, that weekend that I spent not talking to anybody and <laughs> contemplating if I really needed to go back into the world um, when I was just watching the revival on repeat. Um, I loved that moment when mm-hmm. I can go back and watch some new content and experience yeah. a new a new plot or mm-hmm. whatever um, within that world mm-hmm. of Stars Hollow and whatever. Although they ran, they expanded into many different cities in the show. But um, yeah, so that was kind of my takeaway from it, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I did there's... love how they wrapped up Emily's storyline. Well, yeah, I did. I thought that that was good. I'm glad we got to revisit and her and Lorelai's relationship in therapy. I'm glad we got to see part well, of yeah. that. I think that was good for them. It's a, it's like yeah, they like shit or get off the pot with that kind of yeah. thing. It's like they've had this relationship back and forth from mother daughter like straining yeah. for years, and it's like okay, but they played it out so much that like yeah. it was at that point where it's like you either just keep re- repeating the yeah. same things. Or you, A, move on and, like, start an adult relationship, sadly, that late in the game, but still. Or, B, cut that shit off completely because, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. premise was they were paying for her schooling and Mm -hmm. chicks graduated, so, um, you know, like, there's no no tether there other than blood, so... 
There was not enough Suki in the revival, in my opinion. Well, I think that's because Melissa McCarthy was, like, I out, know. like, you know, doing yes. other things. With there are life. reasons for it, but I think. Well, yeah, she, like, was, you know, an idol in it. But, um, yeah, and it, that was one of the shows, and the reason we're talking about it, probably so much, at least, because it was so impactful for you mm-hmm. in recent times. But for me, that was such a pivotal show for mm-hmm. me to watch growing up, because... I am not an only child born to a 16-year-old mom, but I have a very close relationship mm-hmm. with my mother for certain reasons, and um, it just kind of reflected a lot of that relationship to yeah. me, and it also showed a different kind of teenager that I that mm-hmm. like I hadn't been exposed to at the time, and um, it, it made me feel less uh, mousy, I think. Yeah. Because I was a very big bookworm. I'm, I'm, I'm small. I'm, I'm, you know, five foot. If I'm being honest, probably not mm-hmm. even that. Um, yeah. But that's what's on my license. So yeah. the uh, government thinks I'm five foot. And we're going to keep it at that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> But for me, I saw this character who was confident in being herself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and being a bookworm and being someone that you know, liked what she liked. She had an array taste in music, which I also did mm. at the time. I mean, I still do, but at the time, like, mm. I think everybody was obsessed with whatever, you know, Rihanna put out, which, by the way, I love Rihanna. Like, yeah. she, everything she touches is gold. Yeah. But, um, everybody was obsessed with whatever was on Top 40 or whatever, and I also grew up in a town that I did not fit in. Mm. So this was, this was a pivotal point when yeah. I discovered my girls for me growing up and the same thing happened with reading and books and um I think that's a good segue uh into what our favorite books were growing up because this isn't after all a book podcast this is not a podcast about Gilmore Girls, although there are Normally. amazing, <laughs> right, <laughs> there are amazing podcasts about books, um yes. not books, sorry, um Gilmore Girls, Gilmore girls thank yes. you, um check them out, Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism, they're funny, um and their Instagram is great. Their Instagram is on point. Yes. If they want to be friends with us, please. Like, I will yes. be friends with you. Like, I love your sense yes, of humor. Yes, hello. We will be um, guests on your show. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I think they're like, we're, we're nobodies. <laughs> I, I'm putting it into the universe. <laughs> Manifest. Yeah, so I'll start with, like, we have a couple. So I'll start with, like, you know, my first two and then we can kind of go back and forth I guess yeah that sounds like a good flow so one of my favorite books growing up that actually was like a book for kids Mm -hmm. or it was marketed towards kids was the book thief um Mm -hmm. by Marcus Suzak 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 whatever um it is essentially a book about this girl living in um Nazi uh, occupied Germany and she passes as an Aryan child, so she's able to be adopted into a family to be protected, even though she is Jewish, I believe, um, or of Jewish heritage. I, I don't. It was a long time mm-hmm. I read this, but what? And you know, it's one of those stories. However, I think what made it stand out for me as a kid, um, and just as someone who had been reading for so long, was that it was a it was a narrator, um, that was death. So the person telling the story was essentially the angel of death Mm -hmm. and talking about all these things that were happening and, you know, the life of a child. Mm -hmm. But, and so the whole time you have, like, kind of, like, this uh, guillotine blade 
mm-hmm. hovering over this whole thing because you're reading this in the back of your mind you're like okay well death is speaking this means she's gonna die or these yeah. people are gonna like you right. didn't know and you know you're reading about world war Two, and you know mm-hmm. all the death that was happening and all the bombing and everything so it's interesting to read as as a child um and it was unlike any other book that i've read in the fact that it still Mm -hmm. to this day is the only book that has ever made me cry i am not a big crier Mm -hmm. although these these days i've been like crying over tv (laughs) stuff which i don't know if i'm getting soft in my old age but tv makes me cry more than books um for sure the book thief was an emotional ending and I just remember, like, hysterically crying to my mother and being like, why did this happen? Or, like, a great read. Um, The way the author mm-hmm. weaves this story and really gets you invested. I mean, at least I was so invested yeah. that I bawled like a little baby when I finished it. <laughs> but, yeah, and then uh, do you want to talk about a book that you read that impacted you so much? Yeah, absolutely. One of the first books that I ever remember, like, really got me into reading and kept me a reader was this book called I'm the Wallpaper and I can't remember who the author is right now but it's basically about it's like a YA book maybe even middle grade and it's like this girl and she's always been living in the shadow of her older sister Kat and so she just decides like she's gonna dye her hair and like go for her crush and like do all this kind of stuff and it sounds like really silly but she's like keeping a diary it's a coming of age story and i read it in middle school and i it was just like a random find in barnes and noble which are the best kind and i still have it i need to read it again just to like see but i've always loved it and that's one of the books that really got me done reading and going to bookstores and just like roaming because i found this book that i love just from like walking through the bookstore I, I now that i'm saying this like I, I really do need to revisit it um but i remember just like loving the fact that the girl in the story was just like fuck it like i'm not gonna be in my older sister's shadow anymore i'm just gonna you know do whatever yeah i think that was probably but aside, aside from that i think like harry potter obviously i mean not to be cliche but it was like very formative for me as a reader i remember reading Harry Potter in like first grade and I would read it you read in first grade mm-hmm. I was so late to the game I didn't read it till I was like 13 no I read it in first grade or I read like the first one at least and then I probably read about one a year after that I had like a family friend that was like oh my gosh like told my mom like because I was a reader from such a young age like you would really like this book oh, yeah. and so like we my sister and I started reading it like together like I would read it out loud to her when she was young so that really got me that was my favorite book in elementary school, probably the Harry Potter series. I was really into all kinds of series. I did the Percy Jackson books in middle school. I did Twilight in middle school. <laughs> I, did I love too. a good, like, YA fantasy series. That was my shit when yeah. I was in middle school. Not so much anymore, but they're so nostalgic for me now. But yeah, by the time I was, like, in middle school, I was like, I'm too serious to be reading these <laughs> children books. <laughs> You know, like I'm an adult. Like I, you know, <laughs> I wear. I was like also a very like fast developing child, yeah. so I was like, if I'm gonna wear a C cup, I'm gonna read all <laughs> this stuff because this is just how They're my linked, brain works. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like obviously, I'm too mature for these these plebeians um reading whatever they're reading actually i went to a high school where i don't even know if half the kids could read they were so dumb but um (laughs) anyway shout out um (laughs) sure they're all doing great hope none of them are listening to this um (laughs) but anyway 
I became obsessed with reading the classics mm-hmm. uh, by the time I was 12, 13. Yeah. So, of course, I started with Pride and Prejudice, um, which I think most young women do. I actually didn't read that till I was an adult. But I loved well, it. I still forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I read Pride and Prejudice, and it blew my mind. I loved the subtle wit of it all, mm-hmm. and I remember... It was that one of the hardest sense. books I read at the time because I had never experienced any kind of mm-hmm. thing like that. I didn't read a lot of Victorian writing, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't being taught to me. So I, re- I remember a lot of times I wouldn't understand fully. I went back and reread it mm-hmm. a couple years later, but I remember the first time I read it, the context was how I understood it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand the verbiage, like yeah. half of it, to be honest. But I knew I liked the book and I enjoyed the story and I understood it because I could, once I got to the bottom of a page, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, oh, so this is what this means yeah. or this is what's happening. Yeah. You know, because it's a dry read. It's yeah. not like, you know, right. daggers aren't coming out at yeah. Elizabeth Bennet unless it's that zombie version <laughs> that came out a few years oh ago. No, um, about that. The movie's actually pretty good. I like okay. that movie, believe it or not. I like a lot of B type movies Mm -hmm. sorry to anybody that made that movie um but um (laughs) long story short it started this lifelong love of jane austen Mm -hmm. i mean i went on to read i've read everything Mm -hmm. by her including her like unfinished pieces like Mm -hmm. like love and friendship and sanditon and i just enjoy her Mm -hmm. her witty banter and just the subtleties that you don't catch unless you're really paying attention and i'm one of those people that i'm i can get very serious about things and i always don't want it right in front of my face probably because i've read so much that i don't want things to be like kapow i wanted to sneak up on me a little bit Mm -hmm. or like i wanted to intrigue me Mm -hmm. you know because if you don't woo me a little bit i'm not I'm not easy. <laughs> I have standards. Yes, <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> yeah, so after I kind of dabbled with Jane Austen, I was like, you know, very at that point. I was in high school, I remember, and I was obsessed with Gilmore Girls. And um, I remember she mentioned Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I am going to read Tolstoy. And um, my, let, I'm going to put this on <laughs> the record first off. My dumbass did not read Anna Karenina first for my first Tolstoy. Mm-hmm. My first Tolstoy was War and Frickin' Peace. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go for yeah. the gold, Go man. big or go, go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> and like, for anybody that's not familiar with War and Peace, um, it is one of the largest novels out there. So it is long. like 12... Like, I don't even know, 12,000 pages? I don't know. It's a lot of It's pages. a lot of pages. I don't even remember, because I had varied copies. I had, like, a, mm-hmm. a big hardcover book for when I read at home. Mm-hmm. I had, like, a very condensed paperback that I'd lug around school, mm-hmm. and kids would question me about it. They were like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a book, you dumbass. <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, I was reading a very I was going to say, to book. be fair, I think that book would intimidate even the yeah. most. I know, and I was reading it, like, at like 15 yeah. i was you know just slugging away through it and, and long story short though i loved it i yeah. love tolstoy right i don't know that i could and get through a book that big. yeah a russian book well that i like and that's that's like, she keeps saying russian because like i developed a very very strong fondness for russian literature after mm-hmm. that because i went on 
I read Anna Karenina, and I'll talk a little bit about that. I feel like I'm rambling and talking too much. After that, I, like, you know, touched on Tolstoy. I don't know if he's Russian, but I did read Nabokov, um, the controversial... He's Russian. He's, he's, he's close. He's, he's Russian-esque. <laughs> he's Russian-adjacent. Um, <laughs> maybe he's from one of the Baltics. I don't know. I, I probably should look into that, but, um... <laughs> he sounds Russian. <laughs> Vladimir. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I fell in love with it. I loved it. I... With the Russians that I experienced with their writings, they tell the sad stories. Yes. They don't, like, you know, try to sugarcoat it. They really touch on the rawness like, in humanity. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's it's somewhat bleak. Um, yeah. Sorry to say, like, especially for a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about. But, like, like Anna Karenina, um, it's a sad story. Um, but it's also, like, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really kind of exposed me to the to the type of story that could be beautifully sad, which yeah. is this juxtaposition that I mm-hmm. hadn't experienced until then. Because at that point, I was reading in school, like, I think Orwell. And yeah. um, we've had Catcher in the Rye, but that was, like, a dude's book, you know? Yeah. that was It's a great book. I love that book. Yeah. but. We I read a separate piece, and it, again, they're like guys' books, you know. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I mean, anybody can read those books, yeah. not just yeah. men. Um, yeah. I guess I've just never had really any like exposure to Russian lit, so it didn't come to me that way. But that's how I feel about a lot of classic American lit, like Grapes of Wrath or Beloved, yeah. like those beautifully sad stories. Yeah. Um, well, you know how I feel about Grapes of Wrath. I know, I know. It's how I feel about Russian literature. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that. But, yeah, just to wrap up my little spiel about uh, Russian literature and Anna Karenina, the reason that book was so much to me was that it was just, it was about the downfall. It was about a woman. It was about a woman who, in a time when you weren't supposed to be a woman, like Mm -hmm. capital W-O-M-A-N, you were supposed to be a wife. Right. And she, I mean, she did the unthinkable. She left her husband and child, which, you know, it's not great, but she left them for a man she loved and, yeah. like, fell passionately like, in love with. And, like, I mean, she was a prominent woman in yeah. it. She was, And there's other, other stories that go yeah. around. That, I mean, the story with yeah. Lennon and whatever. That was cool, too. But is, she just... Upham was like, you know what? I don't care that I have this social standing. I don't care that, you know, society actually reveres mm-hmm. me and I'm that I'm just, like, this tall, grand woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw all that away because yeah. I finally found something that, that makes me passionate and yeah. someone that makes me feel alive. And they're offering me a lifetime full of that. Yeah. And... Which is pretty revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Especially for Russia, which mm-hmm. is, like... Uh, just to wrap up with... Anna Karenina. It is, it is a sad story. Mm-hmm. So, um, she just, I don't know if I should give away the ending. I gave away the Gilmore Girls ending. Yeah, I didn't give away Bookie, but, um, just anybody that wants to read it. It is, it is a sad classic story about the downfall, also, of a woman. So I guess, on some level, it's kind of misogynistic or whatever, because it's, it talks about, like, when you step out of line, you know, you're gonna be, like, a degraded down you know woman that's gonna Mm -hmm. it's what is it disgraced it's when you're disgraced so essentially she kind of does it but it's also in my opinion 
she wasn't so much disgraced or cared about that. I think she she spiraled. She got she got so manic and high over this love and this passion that she just became crazed with it and then those emotions flipped for her Mm -hmm. and she experienced depression and self-doubt and just this mixture of humanity that just ultimately destroyed her Mm -hmm. and it's beautifully written the way he just kind of has this flow Mm -hmm of ups and downs that she's experiencing and that she just like she can't find the happiness peak Mm -hmm. but she strives for it she continually strives for it i think it's Mm -hmm. it's great and um it's also long Mm -hmm. so it's not a not warm piece but (laughs) it's a long one so um yeah i've been rambling about my stuff so then we're gonna switch over to my cat woman and see what she has to say for some of her other favorite books yeah, I think I also really got into Stephen King as a child, which sounds weird. Not as a child child, like middle school. Like middle school, I my grandma's favorite author is Stephen King. So like growing up, like she has like his entire like book list on her shelves. So I was always curious about like horror and thriller because of that. Um, and that was what she always lent me when I was a child and couldn't like buy books. And like my mom like couldn't buy books, like I would borrow books and they were all Dean Coots and... Stephen King, so I still love a good horror book. I just read The Shining recently, and I loved it. That's a like a good classic that I think everyone should read, and it's much better than the movie, I think, even though the movie is very highly renowned, and the movie was fine. <laughs> I'm Ooh. one of those. This is one of those I think, like, the book is better than the movie. Well, it's is, always It's always better. better, but, like, this one I think is, like, way better. Um, mm, but Jack I'm not Nicholson. a cinephile. Yeah, Jimmy... <laughs> would probably disagree with me, but um, Jimmy like, is is someone that we know that um, that uh, is a film is yeah a film, film buff yeah. Um, what is it called? The cinephile? Yeah, cinephile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stanley Kubrick, I know, is iconic, but anyway, that's a discussion Stan- for another Stanley day. Stanley Kubrick is also very controversial. Yes, he's his, yeah, his especially methods. the way he treated Charlie Duvall on the set of this movie. It, like it tinted like how I watched the movie. But anyway, yeah. that's not for. What was Today, the first? But... What was the first uh, Stephen King book that you read as a kid? I'm I'm curious because I know you also just recently I did it. I did, yeah. Oh my gosh, which is which ugh. is disturbing. What you told so me? So disturbing. Oh, there's some messed up stuff in there, guys. That's also like a long ass book. It's like 1,300 pages, and I don't I know. Listen to the audio. I listen to the audio. I personally think that's cheating. That is not cheating. Um, well, okay, so I listen to audiobooks so that I can do other things like cook and walk and knit and, like, combine no, life hobbies. life has to end. It has to end where the books begin. Also, That's like, a, book, a book of that size is just, like, physically difficult to read and carry around. Beside the point, yes, it is very disturbing. Um, I'm trying to think of the first Stephen King book that I read. I think I just read, like, mostly collections of short stories because, like, that was all I could really handle as a middle schooler. But, yeah, I, like, remember getting, like, a Stephen King book, like, confiscated in sixth grade because it was, like, his books are always, like, gory and filled with sex. And my teacher was like, yeah, you can't read this during, like, independent study. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, it's my mom's or my grandma's. And she was like, no, you, like, stole it. I was like, what? Like, anyway, doesn't matter. So that was, like, really formative for me. I still love a good Stephen King book. I'm actually, like, uh, reading his memoir right now, but we can discuss that in a minute. But I think, yeah, Grapes of Wrath is the other big one that I mentioned but didn't really talk about. I read it in high school, and I know, like, 
you're you would disagree with me on this, but <laughs> I think it's like so beautifully written and the style, the way like Steinbeck alternates between like these like really rhetorical ancillary chapters and then these like narrative chapters is just like so radical a form and his writing is so beautiful and I love it and his nature writing mm -hmm. and anyway it was like one of the, the first books I read in high school in my AP English class so I like annotated it you know with my teacher and that was like my favorite teacher taught that class so it was a bunch of like things that came together and kind of like made it stick with me but then I wrote my senior thesis on it in college I mean I just I fucking love this book yeah and um like, I realize there are issues with it, and not everyone loves Steinbeck, just, like, people that like Russian literature. Um, but I love it, and I, I just, I love, I, okay, I guess I can't say I love all Steinbeck, but I love his, like, writing style. I've read Of Mice and Men. I've started East of Eden and just haven't, I'm a mood reader, so, like, if I'm not in the mood for it, I put it down, and so I just haven't been, like, in the right headspace to start and finish East of Eden. Yeah. But it's on my list. That's, that's a, a good introduction lot, to us. Lot, yeah, there's, I mean, there's obviously more, and we can talk about other things if that's, if anybody's listening and wants to, <laughs> wants to give us a comment or something, please be, please be nice. We are sensitive. Yes. <laughs> we, we are, sensitive. we are, um, somewhat introverts, so we, we have a lot of emotions, more emotions. <laughs> um, uh, you know. So, it, we're going to transition a little bit to, that's the past of us, and then, and, and just... Some books to kind of give you an idea of what shaped us today mm -hmm. into our readers and our personalities mm -hmm. um, that we have. And I'm going to kind of touch the first book that um, I'm reading this month. We're mm -hmm. in the month of September right now. Um, I have no idea if we're releasing this in the end of September, but if we do, good for us. Kudos. <laughs> um, <laughs> if not, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're reading Real books and not audiobooks. But, um... So Shots fired. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know. That is a like discussion a, for another I know, I know. I have okay. lots to say. <laughs> anyway, so one of the books that I read this month was called In the Woods by Tana French. And I have read a couple different uh, Dublin authors and Irish authors. And um, this is my first Tana French, which is ironic because she has a bunch. And even, like, there's, like, a TV show or something. Mm -hmm. But um, I picked it up because I've heard her name so many times and I'm mm -hmm. like you know what let me just get on this and I also have a bad habit of reading contemporary literature which is why I'm called the eclectic one because mm -hmm. my tastes vary a lot like I will read almost anything everything under the sun if someone recommends it to me um mm -hmm. I probably will read it at some point I do have stacks of books everywhere can't so confirm. I can't I can't uh, guarantee I'm going to read it this century, but I will try to get to it at some point or another. And so, within the woods, I wasn't. I went in not really knowing Tana Tana French, and um, immediately, immediately fell in love. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was this story about. It, it was like twofold. It was like you know the backstory is like some kid that like there was this mystery in the woods and he mm -hmm. suffers memory loss or selective memory loss maybe. Mm -hmm. And two of his best friends disappear at age 12, mm -hmm. and it's in this little small town, Knockery, in Ireland. And, we love books set in um, Ireland. Yeah, it's a beautiful setting. And um, basically, he grows up in, like, a boarding school and, like, changes his accent and everything. He just changes his person. So he becomes this murder detective um, and winds up back in his hometown for another case 
um, of a child murder in the same woods that his friends disappeared mm-hmm. in all those years ago, and the like thing is that he has to determine whether it's in relation or not. But um, long story short, he has to, and I won't give anything away because it is a book that I yeah. truly think some you, you should. And read. I still want to read it. Yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> um, and he basically has to determine like how close to this case he can get. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it is linked um, to his past. A lot of trauma. Yeah, well, that's the thing you would think. But in the book, he's, like, struggling to even remember things. And it's not bothering him. And then, so then you start thinking, like, okay, what's up with his psyche? And um, what's the line between, you know, being just kind of uh, traumatized? Mm -hmm. Or almost, like, sociopathic. Like, you just don't feel anything. And you're, like, you know? So, um... So, basically, we just have to go through this narrative with the speaker, and his name is Detective Rob, and, and uh, he even admits in the beginning, he's like, I don't always tell the truth. Mm-hmm. An unreliable um, narrator. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So, it's an unreliable narrator. Um, he does say he lies mainly for his job, yeah. but, like, the whole story is about a case that he's working on right. for a job. So, the only thing, the last thing I'll say about it is just, Tana French paints such a picture. Mm-hmm. She writes with this crazy imagery mm-hmm. that I just, I, like, immediately was, like, almost knocked on my ass when mm-hmm. I, like, read the first few chapters. Yeah. I could barely put this book down. It's a thick-ass book. Mm-hmm. It's, like, 500, 600 pages, maybe. Yeah. And um, it was just highly recommend. Um, but, yeah, that was one, yeah, one of the ones that I've read uh, this month. And then um, I'll switch over to Catwoman. We'll go back and forth because we both have read a lot. It's already mid-September and we've been yeah diligently reading. I guess I, keeping with the thriller mystery vibe, I read Gone Girl. Like, finally. I, I know, finally. <laughs> I cannot believe it took me this long and that I made it this long without knowing the twist and the spoiler, which I will not spoil here, but... You know, everyone that talks about Gossip Girl, the movie or the book, is like, oh my god, Gone the girl. end. Not Gossip Girl. Did I say Gossip Girl? You did say Gossip Girl XOXO. Shit. <laughs> okay, so everyone that talks about Gone Girl, they're always talking about the twist, so I am very glad that I did not have that spoiled for me, and I went into it a virgin, and it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I was, I think I had just like built up the twist so much in my mind that I wasn't as stunned by it, Mm -hmm. but I did think it was very clever and I really liked the writing and I also like really couldn't put it down. And then my roommate and I watched the film adaptation like immediately afterwards, which is one of my favorite things to do is read a book and then immediately watch like the series or film that is inspired. Um, So yeah, that was my beginning of the month, the start of spooky season. wait up. What do you think of the adaptation with uh, okay. Ben Affleck? I'm, I <laughs> thought that Ben Affleck was the wrong choice, and I like Rosamund Pike, but I thought they had, like, no chemistry. No. And in the book, they had, like, insane chemistry. Yeah. And in the, excuse me, in the movie, it felt so forced that I couldn't really get into it. I felt like, I, I remember seeing it in theaters, and I just remember seeing, like, and I'm like, all right, it works. Like, it follows mm-hmm. it fairly well. I think if you just put someone else in place of Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. it'd be fine. But it is him, like, yeah. directing it, too, I think. Oh, wow. So, like, the direction was fine. Yeah. I think him, like, uh, I don't even want to yeah. talk about Ben Affleck. I, I know. Uh, it's just the casting. I didn't, yeah, I wasn't really into it, but... Rosamund Pike was a good choice, though. She was a good choice. Yeah, I did, I did like her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that was kind of my first 
read of the month. Um, one of my more fun commercial reads. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like too deep there, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you want to do your next one since I rambled so much on mine? <laughs> sure. Um, so I guess right after that I read, actually I listened to, I'm going to say read. You can say read. Um, Almost every audiobook person says they read, so. Yeah. To Wintering by Catherine May. It's a nonfiction book. It's part memoir, part survival guide. It's about winter, the season, in uh, real life and also like in your emotional life when you go through like a period of depression. She calls it wintering. Um, so it's about her personal winter. She has a like ill husband. She goes through some health issues herself. And so it, she looks into how to come out the other side stronger um and how you can use your like wintering time to just rest and relax and recoup and talks about different cultures and how they approach these different um wintering seasons of life so she like goes to like a scandinavian town where it's like dark for like three months out of the year completely and she you know, describes their way of life and how they prepare for that winter and how they carry themselves through as, like, a metaphor for her own illness and life. And it's just, I don't know, I'm not explaining it really well, but it's really interesting. Um, it's all about taking time for yourself. And what I liked about it is it wasn't cliche, so oh, it was interesting nice, to, like, nice. hear her talk about, like, the biology of trees and how trees literally go through winter while I was, like, in like a forested area of the park so it was really kind of cool yeah yeah wow yeah yeah and i'm just gonna go quickly through the next two that i'm currently reading so i just finished damnation spring by ask davidson it's a contemporary piece i think it's i think it's a debut actually um and i've been pushing myself to try to read because we mentioned earlier we're both trying to either break into the publishing industry or mm -hmm. um, continue into it and um so i'm just trying to keep my you know mm -hmm. wits sharp and mm -hmm. all that and so this is a book that personally i was not for me um i did finish it and it's set in the 70s in a logging town in northern california mm -hmm. and it's very uh the term you know the way they speak is very jargon and, um, I don't know, is that a word? Yeah, like speak with a lot of jargon. Yeah. yeah, the vernacular is very, uh, specific to the time and to the work. What time so, period is it set in? 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And, essentially, it's told through, like, this couple perspective of this, like, married family, um, the husband, Rich, he's, like, in his 50s, and he's a logger, and he literally, like, climbs trees and, like, chops down the arms and shit, and he, like, talks about all the different ways you could die doing it, and, um... And then the wife is like a housewife that she's she wants to be a, like a mother mm -hmm. and a, just a caretaker and she's a not professional but just by whatever means mm -hmm. um she's a midwife and the premise is that you've got two sides battling so um you've got the logging people that are like it's their livelihood i mean they've been doing mm -hmm. it for years and um that it's just he's fourth generation and like his, his whole life is surrounded mm -hmm. by that and they like you know every day they drink from the creek that's there mm -hmm. and very not backwoods but but up there wow. and yeah forest and um the wife is like on the other hand battling a lot of postpartum mm -hmm. and just a lot of depression in general because of uh, 
many miscarriages mm-hmm. and then she's noticing other miscarriages within town mm-hmm. like babies being born with like half a brain and like mm-hmm. chunks missing out of their heads and stuff and like all these weird weird mm-hmm. miscarriages and then rolls into town there's a lot of issues with, like mm-hmm. at the time a lot of environmentally sound um minded people are coming in and, and studying and saying like you know protesting the trees being cut down and then you've got this like biologist that's like testing all the water mm-hmm. samples and saying that whatever they spray in the air to clear the roads from the brush so that mm-hmm. the logging trucks can roll through, they're spraying uh, essentially chemicals that are also found in the Agent Orange, mm. which is what was Shit. used in wartime that, like, fucked people up. Um, <laughs> if you yeah. need to know about that, just open a history book. But, um, <laughs> and essentially she's putting two and two together, this wife, saying, like, okay, well, like, I had eight miscarriages. I'm 34 and I'm healthy. Why am I having these miscarriages? And why are other people having And, them? yeah, and everybody around her in the town is having miscarriages. And it's, like, it's hard because it's, like, it's taboo at the time mm-hmm. to talk about it. They're very backwoods-y mm-hmm. vibes. Like, even though it's technically the 70s, people are still acting like it's the 50s there. And yeah. um, they haven't caught up. <laughs> like, like the women are, are shunned if they don't have a baby. Like, if they have a miscarriage. Like, like the, it's like they're cursed. Like, they're witches mm-hmm. that need to be burned at the stake. And... I just fucked up mm. but anyway so it's like this battle between like husband and wife or end up without even knowing they do they end up on opposite sides because of it mm. and um you just get all the different perspectives mm. and it's it's sad um because you, if you think about it it just it's showing the you know mm. stuff that we see today all the environmental problems of how like you've got like the industry mm. saying like well if you don't do this you're not gonna you know for example they're saying they cut down wood redwood trees and mm-hmm. it's like well some prissy dude in you know new york is like i want this beautiful redwood table mm-hmm. uh dining room table and it's like look at my piece that looks great in my you know loft or whatever mm-hmm. and they don't realize what went into cutting down that redwood mm-hmm. tree to make that beautiful piece that you're showing off to all your dinner guests. Yeah. And that's what they're talking about. And then they're talking about um, just, like, what's right for livelihood and what's right for healthy uh, people. And it's just a constant battle. And there's no right answer. There's no, mm-hmm. you know. And it's hard to find a compromise, mm-hmm. let alone a, a solution. And... Um, it's not. It's a good book. It's. Mm-hmm. It definitely brings you into the world. The person that writes it, I think, uh, grew up in that area mm-hmm. or grew up in this world. Mm-hmm. Um. So very knowledgeable. I believe they know what they're talking about. Um. Just not for me mm-hmm. personally. I just yeah. wasn't that into it. But I am, unlike Catwoman, I'm not a firm <laughs> believer of DNF, which means do not finish. I don't knock it at all. I I mm-hmm. understand why a lot of people do it, which just it's terminology yeah. saying like if you don't like the book, don't finish it. You don't have to. But I am too hard on myself, and I'm also one <laughs> of those stubborn. people that like I'm <laughs> yeah I'm very stubborn. Um, and I just kind of always wanna I always wanna know. I wanna know how it ends, and I like to hit that little check mark when I finish that book. I just like yeah. to collect it into my little list of all I've read yeah. and into that little brain space that I have of all the crazy books that I read. Um. Fair enough. Yeah, and so lastly, the uh, book that I read beginning of the month uh, was another a book by Neil Gaiman, um, Neverwhere. So Neil Gaiman is a sci-fi fantasy dude. Um, beautiful writer. He's really cool. Um, if you've seen the TV shows, I think it's Bad Omens. Mm-hmm. No, it no omens? it's Good Omens. Good omens. <laughs> oh, Something Omens. Mobby. It's Good Omens. Um, and, it's or, Daniel Radcliffe, or, right? 
I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> don't quote us on that yeah, don't one. don't quote. <laughs> um, and then there's, like, an, they had another show for a while that ended, um, American Gods. I did read American Gods, which is a great book if you want that. Um, but I just read Neverwhere, and it's fairly short read, so it's really good if you mm-hmm. want to get a taste of Neil Gaiman, and he just released, like, his un, like, his changed version, because, mm-hmm. like, it was a TV show on BBC, I think, or it was a British produced show, and, um, he originally wrote for the show, and a lot had to get cut, because that's how shows do things with production and whatever, and so he took whatever was cut from the show, and he put it into his mm-hmm. book. So, the book itself is just, it tells this tale of, um, parallel worlds that it coexist. Um, it's set in London, and so there's the above London, and there's below. So, the above is what you see every day, what you walk around in, um, the worlds that you live in, the realities that you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, below is more fantastical, mm-hmm. and, um, there's rat people, and, um... Kind of sounds like... The tunnel movie Us. I, I actually haven't seen that yet. Oh. Don't kill me. I, uh, no, um, I won't. I, but it's just, it's the same. It's like yeah, well, above and, and underground. Like they they operate through tunnels and subway systems and nobody mm-hmm. because they're people that that's quote unquote slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You, they can stand right next to you and you won't see them. You won't see them because they're non-existent to you and their world is non-existent to you. So it's like, it's really cool. Um, they exist in mm. like the forgotten subway tunnels mm. that uh, were closed down because they were never finished or something like that. We, I think New York even has like a, yeah, has a close off, the, well, not even that. Um, it has a closed off tunnel, city hall. It was like a city hall, mm. elegant ch- chandeliers back when they, wow. New York gave a shit about MTA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, uh, it's a fantastical world where people have magical powers or skills or whatever, and there's, like, this quest that's involved, so it's, like, to summarize, Gaiman has said in an interview that he wrote it because he wanted to create an adventure, uh, down the rabbit hole experience Mm -hmm. for adults, so he Mm -hmm. essentially wanted to create what Alice in Wonderland served uh, for children. So, uh, down the rabbit hole experience, uh, all-out adventure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend Gaiman. Uh, my first foray into him was Ocean at the End of the Lane, which blew my mind, to be honest. Just phenomenal it. writing and um, beautifully done. Um, but, yeah, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. And... Um, was there anything else that you're currently reading that no, you didn't talk those, about? No, those are all the books I have for September. Okay. Um, so and far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> we're only halfway through, uh, so there's so much to do. And we'll talk about what we're currently reading right now uh, in a bit. Um, and then we're just going to segue real quick, because this isn't just about books. Razzle Frat is, um, which if you don't know the name of that, um, we're, we're not going to explain it to you. It's It's a thing. And, um, it's just not solely about books, it's just that books brought us together. Yes. But, uh, we do other things, we have lives, doesn't seem like it, um, <laughs> because what we're gonna talk about next is the shows that we're watching, but we're not gonna go too deep into them, because we know we've been <laughs> talking your ear off, probably. Um, yeah, so, I am currently <laughs> into the world of Grey's Anatomy, and, um, it has taken over my life, which means I essentially will binge, like, a bunch of seasons, and then um, feel disgusted with myself <laughs> and have to take Cleanse. a break. Yeah, like I, I like, didn't touch it all summer. I refused to let myself go down that hole because it just, 
I mean, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to, you know, sunshine and live life and remember what it was like. Um, What's that? It can get emotional. It's a drama show. It's very cheesy. Um, and it it's like yeah. one of my comfort shows. So like, I'm also watching it. I'm just rewatching it for like the fiftieth time, and it's like a very dramatic and sad show. But to me, it yeah. is like the most comforting show ever, which is weird. But I just like grew up watching it with my mom, and so like yeah. we go way back. It's like yeah. my Gilmore Girls. Yeah, and it literally is like still on air. It's season yeah. seventeen. I mean, that's nuts. Um, I think I'm on. I'm at the end of season nine. I just went blue through season eight and almost all of season nine. So I am uh, sorry to say, but I'm going to take another break. I have Fair to. Enough. I am currently season eight yeah. finale is a lot to go through. So I'm surprised yeah. you were able to carry on this. Long. I needed to see. I needed to see how to end. It was a very um, cliffhangery yes, vibe, and I I was like, what the fuck. So, so you had to watch, like, 18 episodes to be sure. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I had to, like, I kept going. I was like, but you didn't explain this person. You didn't yeah. explain this. I, like, I, you know, I'm lucky because yeah. I have it on a streaming service. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine Does when that, that, when that came out. Or the like, promos In the olden oh. days with cable. Um, shout out to anybody that has cable still. What are you currently watching? Um... Rewatching Grey's Anatomy, like I said, and I've also started on Hulu the show called Only Murders in the Building, and it's got Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, and it's like a murder mystery, true crime podcast I've heard about show. This. It's really cute. I like it. It's like it's drama. It's like dramedy. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. Um, I wasn't sure about casting Selena Gomez in a like dramatic role, but I think she's doing really well. Um, and Isn't she like a producer on it too? Yeah, she's like one of the executive producers along okay. with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it so far. And then also I am watching Bachelor in Paradise, which is garbage, I know, but I can't help myself. So I am mm. deep in to Bachelor in Paradise. Um, yeah, yeah. I've never. I can't yeah, I can't do those uh, reality give a rose shows. Um, <laughs> I just can't get into it. I need, like, some serious crap. I need people with problems, man. Well, these people have problems. (laughs) Well, I mean, like... (laughs) You know what I mean. I know, yeah. These are are dumb problems. These are, like, first world, stupid, like, daddy pays for everything problems, you know? For sure. But anyway. um, Yeah, so those are what we're currently watching. Um, You'll find out next time if we've... If I've kept my oath of, of quitting after <laughs> season nine, um, yeah. But so to wrap up, so our to be read, what we're currently planning on reading. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've declared this fall a feminist fall. And uh, so I'm just continuing down that road. I'm going to touch mm-hmm. upon some Joan Didion and um, some essays by uh, Eve Babbitt, uh, the uh, Black Swans, um, mm-hmm. and just try to, you know, push that feminist agenda. <laughs> what are you planning on reading? I don't know. I'm not, I think we're different in other ways. Like, I don't usually plan out, like, seasons of my reading, um, which is, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I mean, just I don't, don't normally. I just, like, got ambitious, so, yeah. you know, it could I mean, fall yeah, And that's a very broad theme, too, which is good because so many things can fall under it. Um, I definitely will be reading some, like, 
mystery, like cozy mysteries, Agatha Christie, Stephen mm-hmm. King, like spooky season. Yeah. Um, definitely a time for those kind of books. I might reread The Secret History. Ooh, oh, we that's a villains. fan favorite yes, that's of, one of ours. Our, that's one of our favorites uh, that we bonded the, over. We, it brought us together in so many different ways. It introduced me to Dark Academia aesthetic, which is taken over. So, my or life. I might try like some new, like, those kind of like vibes in a new book mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm also yeah i'm yeah. I'm just kind of looking forward to that like cozy yeah, yeah. mystery vibe well, for fall i definitely want to read some of those but other than that i have zero yeah. plan <laughs> well that's like that kind of segues a little into um what i recommend for you mm-hmm. my cat woman um <laughs> and anybody that's listening to be honest um ton of french do mm-hmm. i mean in the woods is a first i think of the dubliner murders mm-hmm. or whatever it's called Definitely spooky vibes. I mean, yes, I do want to read that one. I have The Searcher, yeah, kind of French, which it's is a great. part of that series. Do you have any recommendations yeah. for me? I think I would recommend Wintering, okay. Um, just because I think like you and I are similar in that way, I think we winter similarly, and I think you would get a lot out of the book. It's just interesting, like the like cultural history of like depression and wintering and going through the seasons of life is yeah, really yeah. interesting, yeah. and I think that you would. Yeah, I'm a sad girl. I love that stuff. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think this would be good. Um, And like I said, it's a short read. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so lastly, we're doing this thing. We're attempting to read a book together. As in, like, not like, you know, side by side. But, um... (laughs) awkward (laughs) um (laughs) no we're attempting to read the same book around the same time and actually discuss it like besties um instead of just passing things back and forth and just waiting for the other to finish yes um which is agony yeah yeah, so that's exactly how i feel (laughs) when i tell uh catwoman to read a book and then she's like haven't even picked it up yet i'm, like, <laughs> I'm the worst at that. <laughs> i know so like, oh, i'm not in the mood for that she's I like know. are you ever gonna be i'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah 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 maybe so we agreed to both read because we both love sally rooney oh, um sally rooney. her new book which is what is it beautiful world where are you yeah yeah, and you've you started. You're you're further into it. I'm than about I am. 180 pages yeah. in. I'm only like 30, so I can't really gauge it right now. I really like it so far, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm like invested in the relationships this far in the book. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. It's yeah. had such hype. I mean, she said swag boxes out, I know, I which so bad. Sally. Please. I would cut off. I my... mean, yeah. So this is the end of our first attempt at potting. Feel free to listen. Um, if you like us, you know, leave a comment or share us with your friends. If um, we're talking to a brick wall, what's up? <laughs> um, and just to reiterate, we are also bookstagrammers. Um, if you want to say your contemporary yeah, catwoman um, is. I'm at grapes of ash, grapes underscore of underscore ash. Yep. And on Instagram. And I am, yes. uh, there's ink on my hands. It is all one word, no apostrophes, no underscores, nothing. All one smashed up mm-hmm. uh, discombobulation. And if you like what I am saying, at least, and you want to read some words of mine, words mm-hmm. of wisdom or stupidity, whatever you <laughs> prefer, um, I do also have a newsletter I send mm-hmm. out on Substack, which is there's ink on my hands dot sub s u b stack s-t-a-c-k dot com it's a newsletter you can sign up it's free um you can get it every week it 
sends to your promotion section if you have it sectioned off in your email account. But yeah, um, give us a like, give us love, uh, share, be nice if you have critiques. We will we'll listen. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll cry. We'll cry, but we'll also listen. We'll take it into consideration. I mean, to be honest, this is just a fun little thing. Yeah. We're not trying to make money or anything like that um not this way at least no <laughs> yeah we we would fail yes. um yeah, but until space. next time um pick up a book if you want to read the sally rooney with us we're yes. gonna we're gonna review it next uh next month mm-hmm. and um because we're gonna do this once a month because uh we're not uh we're busy yeah. and we're always reading different things yeah and uh, our attention spans are not the greatest sometimes so mm-hmm. yeah we need space yes. um <laughs> But until then, adieu to all of you. Yep. And uh, that's Razzle Fred. Bye.